Welcome to the Awakening Church, one of the great churches Maui has to offer. And now, Pastor Stephan Pusle with this week's message. Well, aloha. Welcome, everybody. It's great to see you here this morning. Let's give God a praise. He's good. Yeah. I'm excited for this morning. I can feel it. I can feel his presence here. And we also want to wish you a happy Father's Day. So let's give fathers a round of applause. You guys are amazing. You guys are just a cornerstone of the family. And you're so important. Your role is so important. So when you see a dad today, give him an extra big hug, you know, because that's how we roll here at the Awakening. And um, yeah, hey, uh, we're currently in a series called Elisha. But before we get into that, I just want to ask real quick, how many of you pulling for Cleveland Cavaliers for the game today? Any Cleveland Cavaliers? Okay, we got one in here, one or two, okay. Um, how many of you are pulling for Golden State Warriors? Yeah. Wow, oh wow. <laughs> Okay, there's a lot of Golden State Warriors. I'm a Lakers fan. Sorry, everybody. Everybody's like, boo. <laughs> I'm a Lakers fan, but I will support it the West Coast. So um, we're going to be enjoying that today for Father's Day. But yes, we are currently in our series called Elisha. And really, it's a series about ridiculous faith. Just as Justine said, ridiculous faith in a way that's positive, like amazing crazy amount of faith. We've been talking about that each week. And if you miss one week, you miss a lot. The first week we talked about how you have a call and you literally need to burn the plow, burn the yoke, and have reckless abandon to God's call in our life and go for it. And that was a huge week. And then last week we talked about digging ditches. Everybody say digging ditches. Yeah, digging ditches. Sometimes God wants to get you involved in the miracle that he's going to give to you. Sometimes he wants you to participate and see your faith in action. Faith is not just something we have inside, but sometimes it comes outward and in our actions. And then today, we're going to talk about God's provision. Now, it takes a lot of faith when you've, to feel like you don't have what it takes to do what he's called you to do. Amen? I, I really want to be a good dad. I really want to be a good dad and give my girls everything. I, I, you know, I went to Christian school, didn't have a great experience, but you know what? When I went there, they made you, they forced you to memorize scripture. And I really believe that that was a part, they played a role in me giving my heart to Jesus because his word was getting planted like a seed when I was really young. And um, I really want that for my daughters. And I realize private Christian schools is like a luxury type thing, but I really, really want that for my, daughter, my daughters. And being on a church planting income, there's not a lot of money to go around for sending girls to Christian private school. So we, we applied and we uh, asked for, you know, pastor discount and everything else. And we just don't have that kind of money. And I really don't know how in the world that I'm going to be able to do that. And it kind of is tied to my sense of identity about being a good dad. If I can provide for my girls the things that are good for them. And I feel like I'm called to be a good dad. I'm called to raise my daughters up to love Jesus, to give them the best tools possible, but I'm coming up short in my own life, and it's frustrating. How many of you have ever been in, in a situation like that in your life? A lot of you are coming here this morning carrying the weight of the world on your shores. You're coming in overwhelmed. You're, you're, you're coming in here literally on fumes, and your gas tank is empty. And I can see it spiritually in some of you. You could just come basically holding on by a thread, but you made it to church. And you're carrying this with you. But I, I see this not just inside of our congregation, but outside as well. I run into people all the time who have, you know, life problems, issues. I got, I, there's a young man I know. 
He's in an extreme amount of debt, and he does not know what he's going to do to get out of it. Uh, there's a, a lady I know. She's working three jobs just to make ends meet and trying to provide for her family. I know uh, I recently ran into a young man who I'm friends with uh, whose son has cancer. And his son has had multiple rounds of chemo, had multiple surgeries, brain surgery. And, and it's just like you see the father holding on by a thread. And you're just thinking to yourself, wow. You know, we, we really have a lot to deal with in this life. Life is not easy sometimes, is it? But my question is, do you ever feel like that God's called you to do something or be something or accomplish something, but he hasn't given you the resources, the tools, the time, the energy to accomplish it? And you're just feeling like, God, you called me to do these things, but where are you? That's what we're going to be talking about today. So in order to really, really, really get into it and, and for life change to really happen, we need to ask God, just open up our hearts and minds. So if you could join me and let's pray and just invite the Holy Spirit. Holy, uh, Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this morning. We thank you for just the amazing fathers that are in here this morning and the families. And we recognize, Heavenly Father, that we, we have things that we carry in with us, uh, weights, uh, things that hold us down and needs that we have and things that we're meant to do, but we don't feel like we have what it takes to, to get it done. And Heavenly Father, we just pray by the power of your Spirit right now that your Spirit would rest on me, rest on us, give us peace, open up hearts and minds. Lord, break down walls that we've put up around our hearts so that you could really speak into our lives. And we pray this in Jesus' precious name. And everybody said... Amen, amen. All right. Now, we're going to jump into the text here. We're talking about Elisha and ridiculous faith. The stories of Elisha are amazing. You remember all the little things that he's doing. It's incredible. He's a prophet. He's, uh, man, he has amazing power because he's got ridiculous faith. We're going to pick up in 2 Kings. Now, if you uh, don't have a Bible here with you this morning, we have uh, Awakening app you can download. It's free. You can listen to messages. We're actually revamping it um, Bob is kind of helping me out with that. He's doing a great job. Let's give Bob a round of applause for these. So that way you can listen to us wherever you go, mainland, wherever you are in Europe. You can listen to our messages and keep up to date. You also can give and as well uh, just have the word read itself to you or read the word. Hopefully you're not driving while, that, while you're doing that. Or we have some custom awakening Bibles. I think we have like one out there. So if you think you would like to give it to somebody to take home, give it to a friend, that needs Jesus, um, feel free to take that. Now, we're going to open up to 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1 through 2. This, um, let's read it together. It's also up on the screen behind me here. One day, the wife of a man from the guild of prophets called out to Elisha, your servant, my husband, is dead. You well know what a good man he was, devoted to God. And now the man to whom he was in debt is on his way to collect by taking my two children as slaves. Elisha said, I wonder, how can I be of help? Tell me, what do you have in your house? Nothing, she said. Well, I do have a little oil. Now, I want to give you a little background on this woman, this widow. Now, the text doesn't specifically say, but with Jewish tradition, we can put together that this is the wife of Obadiah. 
And we also know that her husband was in the habit of taking in other prophets and hiding them. Because usually other prophets, because they would say things that other people didn't like, they would be hunted down. They, were, they had financial troubles. They were on the run. And so this, this man, Obadiah, would take them in. But it so happened that he passed away. And now his widow is left with all this debt. They were taking care of all these people. And now there's a man who they were in debt to who's coming to collect her children as slaves. Now, it's not uncommon for that to happen. The widow, she was grieving. She lost her husband, and she's about to lose her two sons as bondservants. And if you look at her life, you think, wow, she really ought to have no more hope. She's in debt. She's about to lose her family. She just lost her husband. I mean, man, it can't seem like things get any worse, can they? But we all the time, we, we get caught up in the little problems of life. They really get in our skin. And we're like, oh, like, I, I just want to die. Somebody kill me already, right? We say things like that. It's like, because my life is miserable. Like my GPS on my phone the other day, it took me to the wrong location. Jeez. Right? Or the other day I went to a restaurant and they put too much goat cheese on my, sand, on my salad. Ugh. I don't like blue cheese. Ugh. Or, or we're whining about, oh, I only got seven likes on my Instagram. Nobody said I was gorgeous. Nobody said I was gorgeous. Right? Oh, I didn't take the selfie the right position. It didn't have the right filter. Oh, life is miserable. But when we compare our lives to other people around us, we're going through some really hard things. Some of the trivial things that we got going on in our life seem small. And some of us in here this morning, we have, we have big things that we're bringing in. We, we don't just have the entry-level problems. We have what we call like the major league problems. Your marriage is on the verge of divorce. The, you're, you're looking at bankruptcy. Uh, somebody's got cancer in your family, someone, a loved one. And, and you've got major league level problem. And so, what do we do about it? If you have uh, notes and a pen, write this down. When you don't have what you really want, God is what you really need. When you don't have what you really want, God is what you really need. Now, Elisha, she, he's being... Uh, asked for help by this widow with problems and debt. And there's, I mean, look, Elisha doesn't have a lot of money. And, you know, he could have said, you know what? Take care of your own problems, lady. I got enough problems of my own. I'm being hunted down. I'm, I'm dealing with my own issues here. And you ought to deal with yours. No, he says, what does he say? In verse 1. He says, what can I do to help? How can I be of help? Tell me. And so many of us, because we're concerned about our own life problems and our issues, we're going around life and thinking about me, 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 me. Mine, mine. What about me? And, and I got to go here. I got to go there. I got to rush here. I gotta do and we pass by people who are desperate for someone just to say, hey, what can I do to help? We're so afraid that they're going to ask for something 
bigger than what we can offer. Like, hey, I, I need $1,000. Nobody, you know, if you see a homeless guy, he's probably not going to ask you for $1,000. Why are you so afraid? He's probably going to ask for a sandwich. You don't have to go give him money. Just go buy him a sandwich. Take an extra five minutes. If, if we're looking for opportunities to help and to serve, that's what the Bible says that we ought to do. And, and we're serving each other and serving brothers and sisters of Christ and serving at the church. Then, then, man, then we're having the heart of Elisha who had ridiculous faith. So he says, what, what can I do to help? He stops. He stops everything. Now, notice that when he asked here, after he asked her, how can I help you? He says, what do you have in your house? What do you already have? But notice, she's focused, right? When, when he asked her, what is it that you already have? She says, right away, she said, nothing. Because what? She's focusing on what she doesn't have instead of what she does have. And so she says, nothing. She doesn't have a husband. She doesn't have enough money to pay the bills. She's going to lose her children. But sometimes, even if we're facing a big problem, let me me just go even less than that. There's minor problems. We we think, hey, somebody asks us, what do we have? Oh, well, I don't have much. What about serving at the church? Well, I don't have time. What about hosting a small group at your house? Well, I don't have the nice granite tops to, to, so where I can host a family so, or host a small group. So I don't have, right? We, we, we just think about these things. We don't have enough. Just in the trivial things, if, if you ask the average person, hey, could you do with more money? They would say yes, because we don't have enough, right? I mean, but take it down a little further. I mean, you go into a woman's walk-in closet and there's like walk-in closet space with dresses everywhere. And what is she saying? I have nothing to wear. You could close, you could clothe the whole village in Africa with what you got in there, but you have nothing to wear. And and we're, we're, we're I was thinking about, oh, I don't have what it takes. I don't have enough. There's nothing there. But Elijah says, hey, no, what do you already have? And then she said, well, 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 I do have a little bit of oil. Now, when what do you do when you don't have much? What do you do? Well, you stop waiting for what you want and start working with what you have. Start working with what you have. Second Kings chapter 4, verse 2, Elisha says, I wonder how I can help. Tell me, what do you have in your house? She said nothing. She says, I have a little oil, a little oil. Now, oil was important at that time. You did everything. Oil was essential. I mean, you cooked with it. You burned it in lamps. You used it for medicine. You moisturized your skin. I mean, bath body works, that was the stuff back then. And you can make leather pliable. Uh, you could keep iron from rusting. There's all kinds of things. You use it anointing, offer it to God. So oil was essential. She had just a little bit, just a little bit, not a lot. But she was trying to make it ends meet. She's trying to make ends meet with a little. I grew up having a mom who would make miracles. Like there would be empty cupboards and empty pantries. And she'd whip up a miracle out of nothing, right? My wife, she's so resourceful. She just makes things happen. It's just incredible. Got a lot of incredible wives in here that are doing that. But God is in the business of doing that on the extreme level. Remember he turned those five 
five loaves and two fish and fed thousands, right? God gave a single stone in the hand of a young man who slayed a giant. Jesus said that if you have just a little bit of faith, you can throw a mountain into the ocean. I mean, he, he, he's in the business of multiplying the little. So my question for you this morning is what's in your house? What's in your house? What do you already have that God could use to accomplish what he's called you to do? I mean, look, think about Moses. Moses, God asked him, what do you have in your hand? Got a staff, right? And you use that staff. God never asks, what do you want? What do you need? But what do you already have? So he uses that staff to turn it into a snake. And he uses that staff to turn the Nile into blood. He uses that staff to part the Red Sea. He uses that staff to smash a rock and make water come out of it. God's saying, what do you already have in your hand? And it's, it's funny because, you know, God has called Amber and I to, to plant this church. And, and we could, if we wanted to, we could focus on all, all the things that we don't have. All the things that we need or want are, are really meaningless because God's really given us what we need right here to do the big things he's called us to do. And if we have a little bit of faith as a church, man, he can supply incredibly. I have big faith, ridiculous faith that God is going to do big things to this church. And I'm excited because you guys right here are what God's going to use to grow this church one family at a time. And it's going to be awesome. You just wait and see. Watch God do it. Now, and if you think back, I started out in my living room, just a handful of people, and, and look what God is doing. So, if you're thinking to yourself, hey, what, what, do I don't ha- what don't I have? You think about it. Say, well, I don't make six figures. I'm, but at the same time, you're home six nights a week and you're able to be home for your children. Right, dads? You may not make a lot of money, but that's so much more important. My dad made tons of money, and I would have given, I would give up any of the benefits that I've gotten for him being a pilot, like traveling all over the world. I would have given it up for him to have a factory job. If I could have my dad home every night, that would have meant the world to me. So dads, don't look at what you don't have. Look at what you already have, the blessing you have. Hey, you don't have a lot of money, but you've got a loving wife. You're more wealthy than some of the most wealthy men or out there. And you've got a church home and, and, and you've got God in your life. You're, you're wealthy. So stop waiting for you want. Start working with, with what you have. The second one is, what do you do when you don't have much? Is offer God what you have and trust him to give you what you need. Okay, let's continue on here. Uh, to the story, Second Kings chapter 4, verse 2 and on. Here's what you do, said Elisha. Go up and down the street and borrow jugs and bowls. Everybody say jugs and bowls. Jugs and bowls from all your neighbors. And not just a few, all you can get. Then come home and lock the door behind you, you and your sons. Pour the oil into each container and when each is full, set it aside. 
She did what he said. She locked the door behind her and her sons. And as they brought the containers to her, she filled them with what she had, with that oil container. When all the jugs and bowls were full, she said to one of their sons, another jug, please. He said, that's it. There are no more jugs. Then the oil stopped. She went and told the story of the man of God. He said, go and sell the oil and make good on your debts. Live, both you and your sons, on what is left. Now, as long as there's an empty jar, jug, bowl, God will fill it. God will fill it. We just have to trust him. We have to be willing to let go of what we have and give it to God and say, God, I trust you. God, I trust you to use this. Some of us, we, we give away resources to the church when we could be paying for kids' private school, right? <laughs> We're saying, God, I, I, I trust you. I'm giving this to you. You know what? And all God needs is an empty jug. It doesn't matter what size, shape, color. God just needs an empty vessel to fill. Now, God can use any kind of vessel. The key is, and this is where it applies to you. The key is, it needs to be empty. It needs to be empty in order to be filled. Well, what do you mean it needs to be empty? Let me, let me bring it down with this verse. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. It talks about jars. Jars of clay. It says, if you only look at us, you might well miss the brightness. We carry this precious message around in, in unadored clay pots of our ordinary lives. That's to prevent anyone from confusing God's incomparable power with us. So you and I, we're the jars, right? So what does oil represent? It represents the Holy Spirit within us. And we're just ordinary jars because if we would shine like the Holy Spirit within us, then people would be like, oh, well, they're God. But no, there needs to be distinction. We're just ordinary jars of clay because people need to see, hey, look, there's a fallen person, but there's something powerful in him that's, that's different than what I've been filled with. Because a lot of people in this world, they got different stuff, right, in their lives that they filled those, their own jars with, right? Pride, envy, greed, selfishness. This world has is, is filled themselves up with these types of things. And so when they see somebody else who's been filled with the Spirit of God, there's a love in there, there's a brightness in there, and they say, you know what? Something's different about them. I don't know what it is. I know they're human, they're flesh and blood like me, but there's something inside of them that is powerful, that is full of love and grace, mercy, compassion, happiness, joy, peace. I want some of that. You know what? If, you're, if you got your, your own jar too full of the cares of this world, you're not going to be able to have any room for the Holy Spirit in your life. So some of you, I need to challenge you this morning that you're going to have to make some room for God's Spirit in your life. There's things that are in the way. There's things that are way in my life that I need to pull out and make room for God's Spirit. Now, 
Empty yourself of what it doesn't matter, and God will fill you with what does. So, I, I know what God's going to do it with this whole school thing with my daughters. I know he's going he's gonna to find a way. And I'll be able to have a really cool story for you. We'll, we'll take a look at this thing in a year from now, and then I'll tell you this story of God's provision. That's the kind of faith that I have. And for you, what is it the thing that you have right now that you, you have a big need? Right? Think about it. Let's focus on one thing right now. What is it? One need. God wants to take care of it. It could be a health issue. It could be a financial issue. It could be a relationship issue. But God can do a lot with what you already have. If you just have faith, he can do miracles. And you will have a story, a testimony of what God did and how he was faithful. Amen? So some of you are weak. No matter, he is strong. Amen? Some of you are in darkness, and darkness is closing in around you, but what? He is light. Some of you are hungry, but I want to encourage you. He is the bread of life. You don't have to be hungry anymore. Some of you are lost, but he is the way, the truth, and the light. And, and no one can get to the Father but through him. He is the way. Some of you are thirsty, but he can give you a living water that you'll never have to thirst again. Some of you are unstable, and your lives are unstable, and it feels like the foundation underneath you is shaking. But he is the rock on which we can stand. Right? God can do so much. When you don't have what you really want, God is all you really need. And He can do miracles out of nothing if you just trust Him. But here's the key God's looking for an empty vessel. Do you need to do some emptying this morning? I do. Let's do that together. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that you are a God that provides. It's one of the names you were given. God, our provider. Some of us have been called to incredible things, to be great fathers, to be great mothers, to be on a, a God-fearing family, to provide for people's needs, to, to put food on the table, to follow a call for ministry, for uh, being obedient and telling somebody about Jesus. Lord, they're, they're, you've called us to big things, but oftentimes we feel like, hey, well, I don't know what to say. I don't have the resources. I don't know how to be a good dad. I don't, know, I don't have what it takes. And we're focused on the fact that we feel like we have nothing. Lord, help us to realize there's potential within us, that you, there's potential around us, there's resources that are there, there's things that you've already given us to do what you've called us to do. But Lord, we need to recognize that that resource, that fuel is your spirit. God bless you guys. Thank you so much for being here. Happy Father's Day. Thank you for listening to this message from the Awakening Church and Pastor Stephan Kusla. Please come back and join us next week. Aloha.